Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara, and I'm the CEO of Tag Americas. Uh, many of you have heard me say time and time again that I believe Tag's biggest asset is its people. And I decided to do this podcast series to uh, really understand what makes uh, our folks tick and get behind a bit more of the people behind the power of Tag. Uh, I'm delighted today that I have a senior manager called Lucy Kim. So I'm looking forward to talking to Lucy. Um, and as always, this uh, podcast is produced by Kaylee Stansfield. Hello, Kaylee. How are you? Hi, Ajit. I'm doing well today. How about you? Yes, very well. I noticed you've got your multi colored jacket on so if you turn right so it's like if you turn left or right they're different colors <laughs> yeah d dark blue on one side and light blue on the other it's like split down the middle yeah, this like was this was a covid purchase yeah. it was uh you know, when i think when the stores opened reopened uh during the pandemic and i thought i've just got to go buy something just something and uh i've barely worn it but uh yeah brought it out today especially for you it reminds me of um people don't remember this but i'm trying to think of his name a comedian when i was a child very silly comedian um, with a big moustache. And he used to do his character where, he, you know, the clothes are dressed differently and he'd just swing from left to right and he'd be a oh, different yeah, character. Oh, yeah, I've seen that done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll work on it for you for next time. <laughs> we are joined here by Lucy. Lucy, welcome to my podcast. Okay. Cheers. I found this on the web for Hey Silly Comedian, oh. Big Mustache and Houston's character where well, <laughs> There goes, you just swing from there goes Siri. There goes Siri. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't know my laptop had Siri. I didn't even know that. I didn't powered it. But we'll start again then. So, no, we're um, keeping that. Are we keeping that? <laughs> In the outtakes, the Christmas outtakes. Uh, but anyway, Lucy, uh, welcome to my podcast. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, let me, uh, let's taste the wine. And uh, mm. Well, you've been very generous. Normally I supply the wine. Uh, you brought me a bottle of wine in today. Yes, indeed. It's very generous. It's actually a very nice bottle of wine. Thank you for that. I'm glad you enjoy it. I love the taste of it. Actually, I wish I had a decanter. I'm going to have to buy a decanter and bring it into the office. It really is going to tell. But it's a gorgeous wine. It's very rich, very heavy. It's a cab serve, isn't it? It's a Saint-Emilion. It's a, I believe it's mixed. Oh. Yep. Wow, beautiful. And, um, yeah, it was a wine that my father really enjoyed. Oh, um, when we were in France, so. Well, and, and I'm, I'm going to come and say, so where, where have you been brought up? Um, um, the fact that you know your wines sure, <laughs> yeah, and, and linking it to France. So where, where were and you? And with a fabulous French accent. Yeah. Yes. That was amazing. <laughs> was. I, I pretend that I know wine. I just know what I like, really. But, <laughs> um, yeah, my background is uh, quite diverse, if you can call it that. Uh, I was born in Taiwan, oh, wow. in Taipei. Um, raised by my paternal grandparents. And when I was about eight or nine, I moved to France to live with my father and his wife. Right. So my stepmom, who is French. Right. Wow, what a, what a transition. Yes. So, and then just so I, before we leave the Taiwan element of it, and I'll come back to the, the France and the jump to, to the US, but Taiwan, very small island. Mm -hmm. Massive global impact. Like, you know, is that like, do you go back to Taiwan? I mean, like, I've always fascinated. I've not been to Taiwan. I'd like to go, but it's the, is it the semiconductor place of the world? Or, you know, like it has such an amazing impact on the whole world for a small island. Yeah. Is it because the Taiwanese people are very inventive or very, so how, how did it happen? I guess Taiwan was the, the China of the, 
70s and 80s, right? right? And I always joke when I was little um, in France, and when I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead again, but whenever I met new people, they say, where are you from? Taiwan. Oh, Thailand? No, no. Taiwan. <laughs> oh, what's Taiwan? Well, you know made in Taiwan? Well, I was made in Taiwan. Yeah, that's funny. That's and funny. then they go, oh, okay. Most things were made in Taiwan. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's funny. That's great. And then so what age were you when you left Taiwan to go to France? I was about eight. Right, so that's right. quite an important part of your life. So eight years in Taiwan. Do you speak Taiwanese? Is it Taiwanese? I speak Mandarin. Mandarin. And I speak, well, I listen. I could understand Taiwanese better than I could speak it nowadays. Right. I try to speak it with my grandmother, but it always ends up turning into Mandarin. I thought Mandarin was harder. Um, well, it's it's kind of, it's the official language, oh, okay, and right. Taiwanese is the dialect. Dialect, got it. Right. Okay, fair enough. Right. And so you were all all Taiwanese and, and Mandarin till eight. Yep. Any French at that point? No. And then you go to France. I go to France. That, that, and, and that can be a challenge because kids are cool. <laughs> yes, it was. I still remember it. I mean, the first day, my father said, you know what? You're going down to the bakery and you're going to buy us croissants. Wow. And he rolled me out the sentence in um, phonetics. Yeah. And I stumbled my way through and I managed to buy three croissants. Well, that's amazing. we must have done much better because I, when I've been there and I did five years of France in the UK, mm-hmm. consequently, I know no, no French at all. And when I went there and I tried to order a croissant, it was so bad. They literally, because they don't like it if you don't do particularly well on, your, on their language. So I never got my croissant. <laughs> but you obviously have a natural for, for tongue. So, so you, you were... How, you're fluent in French now, I guess. I am. Um, however, I did leave France back in '93. So how old were you then? Uh, I was six, uh, 15. Oh wow! So, um, so yeah, I don't speak it uh, every day. Right. Um, I made myself quite a few friends who are French. So we speak what we call the Franglais. Yeah. Um, we speak it very badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so back before we come to the, the jump to the US, mm-hmm. um, you know, linking back to Taiwan and France, what, what did you take from either one of those countries? What was special that you took from each one? Um, so Taiwan obviously uh, represents a big part of my little girl childhood. Yeah. It represents my family, my grandparents that are basically almost like my mom and dad because they raised me. Um, Are they still in Taiwan? They are. Um, They they do come to visit, obviously before the pandemic, um, every other year or so. Um, And the food. The food, I feel like it really instilled, um, you know, uh, that notion of family togetherness and joy and... it, it just really became so a big you, part of me. Do you mix between them or are you, you know, if you had to pick Taiwanese food or French food or, you know. I can't pick. <laughs> I really can't. And growing up with my dad, who is, you know, who's a really good cook, um, we've always had a melange of different cuisine on the table. Yeah, yeah. We, we I love that. Um, we, we, we do something similar in that we're obviously Indian. And so when we have, you know, what we call English dishes or Italian dishes, we mix Indian with it. So, for example, when we're having lasagna, 
the mincemeat will be an Indian spiced mincemeat. Oh, nice. Or if we're having um, a roast, you know, pork chops or whatever, mm -hmm. the pork will be, you know, marinated Indian spices, but then you get the traditional potatoes and green beans and et cetera. So we kind of mix it up as well. It's quite interesting. Very nice. Making me hungry now. <laughs> your, your father's cooking, did that, how serious was, was, he, was he a chef? He was, I would consider him a chef. I mean, at some point he did end up opening his oh. own hotel restaurant. Mm. Did, you, did you work in the restaurant? Um, I worked there wow. for a few summers. Um, that actually came into play when I tried to get my first real job in New York with a French headhunter. And when she looked at my resume, she said, all right, she worked in France as a, as a waitress. She could do that. She could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I have to say, anyone in the restaurant gig, it's a hard, hard thing. You Very know, hard. Uh, um, where, wherever you work, in, in the front office or in the kitchen, it's, it's tough. It really is tough. Right, yeah. And just to being able to juggle the different roles. I was the bartender. I was the waitress. I was the dishwasher. I was also the, the expediter. Yeah. Um, funny story. When we were there, I would go into the kitchen and I'd see all the waiters and waitresses lined up behind the door very carefully. I said, what's going on? Well, there's another duck dish that came in, and we're all scared to tell your father. My father has a really bad temper in the kitchen. <laughs> and he would, you know, ideally, of course, he would like to make all of the dishes all at once because he was the sure. only chef. It was a small restaurant, but we did, you know, yeah. a decent amount of turnover in one night. So I was that one that would march into Brave the enough. kitchen and say, all right, Dad, come on, <laughs> suck it up. Another duck, please. <laughs> What made you come to the U.S. when you were 15? That seems very young. Yes. Yeah, so my parents always moved yeah. around. They could never stay in one place more than a couple of years. So I lived in Paris. I lived in the South. Wow. Um, we spend the majority of our times on and off on, in Brittany on the west coast of France because that's where my stepmom's family lived. So that's kind of like our roots, right? Yeah. Um, but it just got to a point where it became too difficult as a child to start all over again every year, make new friends, new culture, new setting. And I basically, you know, at that point, my parents actually moved back to Taiwan. Um, and it wasn't really an option for me to go back because schools there, as you know, are super competitive. And at the time, going to an American school was... Also not an option because obviously I was an American, even though I took English in school so in France. Stuck, stuck between I worlds. was a little stuck. Um, at that point, you know, a decision needed to be made. And I said, you know what, I'm, I need to go plant my roots wow. somewhere. And I, my father has two sisters here in New York. So had a family meeting. And next thing I know, I was being legally emancipated. Oh, wow. Um, and packed my bags and came to New York and never looked back. That's that's an amazing story. <laughs> and you've been in New York ever since? I've been in New York ever since. It was certainly not planned that way. Um, obviously went to high school and then went to college. And then in college I met my husband. And little did I know, I would actually move down the road from my school. That's funny. <laughs> and you got a, you got a son, haven't you now? 
I have a son, Talon. Wow. He is eight years old. That's fantastic. Um, quite the personality, a little ham. I'm sure. <laughs> and and so when when you were um, younger though in this transition, because you've had obviously a, a, a very variety of of backgrounds and cultures and different countries, but what what did you as a child want to be? You know, what was your aspiration when because you've been exposed to lots of different things? Right. I I guess you know I was always set up in a way that to know that I will always do some sort of international business, right? Because of the background. I just didn't quite know what it was. Yeah. Well, you kind of do that now, don't you? <laughs> I kind of do, right. And I'm really utilizing yeah. all of my languages. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I thought I would be a UN translator. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> I could see that in the uh, – because that's, a, that's, that, that's a, it's an impressive skill if you can do multiple languages, and the UN is, is really well set up for that. But that's quite a nice uh, you know, aspiration to get to. An aspiration, exactly, just that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you know, apart from, um, you know, then growing up in America, mm-hmm. how did you find the transition? Because, you know, Taiwan to France is quite different, very different cultures. And, and then arguably France to the US is also, again, very different. What was it that made you come? Was it New York? Was it New Yorkers? Was it America? What made you... So, you know, and you haven't looked back since. Like, is it is it the husband? Is it the... What was it that made you well, make this your home? to be very truthful, um, I was such a fan of the new kids on the block <laughs> <laughs> when I was little. And I was determined to become um, the Mrs. McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Um, but no. Um, you renovate homes. Is he going to renovate homes? He, no, that's Jonathan. Oh, okay. That's Jonathan right, yeah. Knight. Um, as you can see, I still keep up with them. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm actually a bit upset that I know. <laughs> so, yeah, no, well, that was certainly, you know, one of the the inspirations, right? But I think American culture had always fascinated me. And it just felt like it was the right medium between the Chinese culture and the French or European culture. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the melting pot, and it just made sense. And the fact that I had already had a few years of English under my belt in school, um, I thought, okay, maybe the transition wouldn't be as hard as the one from Taiwan to France. That must have been very hard, yeah, yeah. That was very hard, yes. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to guess here, with the background that you've got and the fact that you like, you know, new kids on the block or whatever they're called. So are, are you quite musically focused? Do you have musical talents? Um, well, I did. Uh, <laughs> they don't go I haven't, away. I haven't developed them since as an adult, but, you know, growing up I played the piano by ear. Um, I was... I went to the music conservatory in France. Always, mm. I played the flute. Um, and when I came to the States in high school, I was part of the band. I was part oh, of wow. the string ensemble, uh, no, sorry, the wind ensemble, not the string ensemble, right. the orchestra and the marching band, because that was not an option. If you're in band, you're in band. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I was part of the chorus in college, but that's. So hang on. So you, you skirted over that as if it was nothing, but. <laughs> You know, you know, piano, flute, singing, choir, marching band. That's, that's quite a lot there, you know. So, <laughs> you, and, and you said something that, if I heard you quite, you said by the, by the ear. So you pick things up by just playing with them. At a very young age, we had a piano in the house at my grandparents because all of my, all my four aunts played 
the piano. And um, so as a little child, I would just play, you know, on my own. And then next thing they knew, I was playing a melody. Wow. Yeah. That's at amazing. five, I think. That's very tough. <laughs> and do you still like to sing? Karaoke. Oh, there you go. That's the extent of my musical you're, ability you're, there. You're, you're always head of the queue at the karaoke. <laughs> What's your song? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I do have one nowadays. Um, Genre? Definitely pop. Right. You know, I would say 10 years ago, Christina Aguilera and Mariah Carey, mm. because, you know, I'm very uh, ambitious. Um, but yeah, I, I, I will sing anything, really. Anything that comes on the radio, any song that I would know, I will whip out that <laughs> microphone and put it on YouTube and just go at it with my son. So, so if you had to, um, music's important, singing's important, and food and cooking is important. Which one is the one that is your, you know, uh, your true love? I would say food. Oh. Yes. Um, the turning point was when my son was born. I mean, food had always been a big part of our family, but when my son was born, um, we found out that he had multiple food allergies, what? right? Um, and that kind of led me to do a lot of research online, on my own, reading up on articles, talking to doctors, to allergists, specialists, and talking to other moms. And so my son it was allergic to eggs, mm. um, sensitivity to soy, uh, allergic to sesame, tree nuts, and anaphylactic to oh. peanuts. It's wow. so specific, isn't it? It really is. Very specific. And we found out the hard way because, you know, being a Chinese mom, you have a lot of soy, first yeah. foods, yeah. Yeah. dumplings. And what's in a dumpling? Chinese dumpling, eggs, shrimp. <laughs> Soy. Sesame oil, yeah. <laughs> soy, um, yeah. So. Oh my goodness, poor fella. And uh, well, I have an allergy, by the way, which is oh. um, not enough food. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I do not mean to make light of people that have genuinely, you know, serious uh, allergies. But does that so that means that you have to be quite a creative, you know, chef at home. Yes, um, I was always, you know, uh, really interested in cooking. That's obviously my passion because I do believe you need to have that passion to yep. enjoy it, right? Um, but definitely, I mean, at the time, the moms and the daycare teachers would say, wow, you just make everything because I would bring in, like, cupcakes and um, all sorts do, of... Do, do you apply the by, the, by the, you know, like your musical thing is by the ear? Are you a by-the-hand cook? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is why baking was such a challenge for me. Oh, yes. First, I didn't measured. start baking until my son was born. And I thought I could just do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> and I had a few disasters in the oven. Um, then I realized, you know what? You kind of have to stick to the recipe. It's a science, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And then, so how did you manage to get around for your son? Did you do anything special for him in terms of being creative and making him... Because poor fella, if it's eggs, something and, and something, you know, you know, cake is going to be a challenge. No cakes, yeah. so no baked goods with eggs. And right. it's a really big challenge, right, because that's one of the key ingredients. Um, so I had to be very inventive by substituting with yogurt and uh, applesauce and even chia seeds. I don't know well, if you knew, yeah. right? I didn't know you could, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, that, that makes you, so you must have a, quite a stock of ingredients at home. 
I did. So the good news is now he's eight, and we've been kind of carefully te- testing him um, outside of the doctor's office with the eggs because obviously it's not life threatening. And I'm happy to say that he is almost accepted, almost yeah. egg egg allergy free. So it actually does change over a period of time. Yes, it does. We, so we knew that he would outgrow it. We just didn't know right. when, because some kids do grow out of it within three years of being born. Obviously, my son took a little bit longer. Yeah. But yeah, he tasted his first quiche a um, oh, couple of weeks ago, and he was thrilled. He's like, Mom, <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> I, I love eggs, because yeah. they normally come with bacon. <laughs> right, exactly. So it was a, a quiche um, with bacon and mushroom. Yeah. He's like, wow, this is what I've been missing all my oh. life. It makes everything okay. Bacon makes everything okay. I've offended all the people that don't eat pork. but uh, and, and, and so in talking about food and, and pork and meat, what, any strange, your travels and your fixation around cooking, and what's the strangest thing that you've had to eat? Snake meat. Ooh. <laughs> and does it taste like chicken like everything does? It does taste like chicken. <laughs> if you close your eyes, it's chicken. I am so deadly scared of snakes, um, but it was one of those things that my mom made me do in the name of good for your skin, good for your Is health. It? Wow. Um, yeah, we went to Steak Alley in Taipei. Wow. Um, so it's primarily a night market, but of course, they have a big variety of different snake stores or restaurants. Um, and usually involves lots of snakes in cages, and just having to walk through the threshold was enough for me. <laughs> that that would scare the jahibas out of me. Yes, yes. Were... I'm so scared of snakes. When kids were checking for monsters under their beds, I was checking for snakes. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> well, in places like Taiwan, you do need to check under your bed for snakes, don't you? Um, not in Taipei. Taipei is quite the concrete jungle. Yeah. Um, but I did stay at some, you know, in the country, on the countryside um, with my relatives. And that was quite interesting. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Ask Adam anything. (laughs) It's now time for you to ask me any question that you have. Okay. Um, Well, I know you enjoy gardening. Yes. I started gardening during the pandemic, so I'm quite the novice. Um, what what are you the most proud of in your garden? Let's say this year. Um, in terms of what I grow, yes. Uh, it's it's um, rather sadly I I'm you know consistent with what I grow each year because I like to see them grow. So I like tomatoes and potatoes and onions and peppers, and so I'm always delighted and. Still, you know, it's like a small child when I get tons and tons of tomatoes. It's just the fact that you've grown all these amazing tomatoes. It still takes my breath away. And uh, That's amazing. We freeze them all. I have a separate freezer and we have bags and bags and bags of tomatoes. We end up using them for the whole year. So we freeze them whole and we um, cut them up and put them into curries when we're making them. And it's just as, as, it, as it would be. So, it's, uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of my tomatoes. But this year... Uh, I grew for the first time because I became obsessed going into uh, some of the sushi places. Um, so two peppers, you know the ones. That oh they, yes. And, and and I bought a few plants of those, and they came out fantastically. And uh, I'm now slightly 
peppered out because I've had so many peppers. Whatever I grow, Lucy, it still shocks me that you can grow this sort of stuff. There's a, there's a sense of satisfaction which you'll find that when yes. you start growing and it's your own growth rather than buying it from the supermarket, there's something very different about it. Um, and start simple. Start with potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, as, as per the Martian film. They're the easiest thing in the world to grow, but they're quite satisfying. Well, thanks for that tip. Now I know what I'm doing wrong because... I also planted shishitos, and yeah. I got two peppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to start with the easy stuff and build up some confidence, but it's, it's great fun. It's a great question. Um, so in closing, Lucy, can I just say that you are a fascinating person. Thank you so much for the energy that you bring, and, and, and more importantly, the experience that you bring, like the fact that you, again, very much like other people, you, you um, came to this country when you're 15 years of age, which is ridiculous. Uh, you know, moved around the world, um, seen different things. I think you bring that level of embraceiveness, uh, you know, experiencing different things. The multilingual state you have helps what we do, and your general good nature to the to the team. Thank you very much, Lucy. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Speaking to you. Cheers. Cheers. Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag.